0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Matt from Caps Fitness. What's going on, man? How are you doing today?
2: Yo, well, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, we're definitely excited to have you on. But, excuse me, before we dive into the nitty-gritty of everything that you have going on at Caps Fitness, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start the gym in the first place?
2: Uh, So, I'd say um, small, independent, personal, um, just welcoming anybody, really. And uh, the reason I wanted to start it originally was just because I started getting into fitness quite a lot. I love seeing people do well, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to share with people what I have learned. Um, and also, it, it's, it's just a great social atmosphere, and it's, it's just great for people's well-being. Um, yeah, it, it's just great all around. Everyone loves fitness.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what is your tell us a little bit about like your personal? And we were talking a little bit about this like on air, and I think it's important for you know people to hear that you said you don't look like the stereotypical personal trainer. So tell us about like how you yourself got started in the fitness industry.
2: So what I was trying to explain before was uh, a lot of people expect a personal trainer to be quite hench, quite tall, quite big. Um, I'm quite slender due to, uh, I'm a running coach as well. So you can imagine I can't keep the weight on. Um, so a lot of people see me and go, this guy isn't a personal trainer. What's this guy all about? Um, but no, it's just, everybody's a different shape, different size, different yeah. ability, and no one should be judged really based on their appearance or what they do. Um, but no, I was just saying that due to I'm a slender build, it's it, I'm not the general uh, personal trainer image. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So how did you get started in the fitness industry in the first place?
2: Um Long story short, um, I started running. Um, we had no runners on our local area, so we decided to build a running club. This running club was uh, originally meant to be five to ten members. Um, we got to one fifty uh, and it kept growing and growing and growing. so I thought while i 'm doing this i 'll might as well train and do my personal training and so we can start doing like circuit training and leg strengthening mm-hmm. and that again just grew and grew and grew, and before I knew it, it was I was working in primary schools, working with kids, um, and it it just became such a full time commitment that I was able to. Not I wasn't financially stable, but I was ready to quit my job, and I, I did. Um, yes. But uh, sadly, I don't run the running club anymore because that was um, obviously non paid. It was all voluntary, and it took so much time. Um, and I had to focus on my fitness side purely, but that's how I got into it.
1: Yeah. So where do you train your clients now?
2: Uh, so I've got a, um, little studio, uh, gym, uh, that's part of a physio. Um, they had quite a big gym area that was unused. Um, they used for recovery and, um, it's always true when people say it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, and somebody put me in contact with this physio and said, We've got a personal trainer. He needs a gym. Yeah. Uh, so the the agreement was that I would um, make the gym better for him, make a lot of investments in the in the gym for him, equipment wise, and I would use it and pay rent. Um, and it works for both parties, really. So yeah. I'm based in a studio gym and also freelance wherever I go. So, like yeah. I said before, if it's a community hall or a field or mm-hmm. someone's back garden. Yeah.
1: Okay. So with that being said, like you have, it sounds like you have the freedom to kind of do like a lot of things and not necessarily inside you can train outside but what services are you providing your clients
2: um so uh running coaching uh personal training um like i said before the podcast um i I worked in catering for 15 years um so i have a lot of nutrition knowledge uh, which always goes hand in hand with nutrition after all you can work as much as you want in the gym but without the correct nutrition you're not going to achieve your your goals um Mm -hmm. so mainly them three
1: okay and are you finding that your clients are taking advantage of the personal training and the nutrition like to the two of the services at the same time
2: oh it's it's hand in hand um you can't do one without the other um you won't see results
1: yeah that's facts i'm glad i'm glad that you kind of like make it so that they have to to do the nutrition services as well
2: yes yes
1: so <clears throat> talk to me about this Let, let's say that i were to move to the uk in a month or so how would i find you like how would i know that you're out there
2: uh first of all don't move to the uk please don't <laughs> you don't want to come <laughs> to this country <laughs> um find me uh social media websites um okay. and the, the odd poster yeah um but it's it's mainly it's mainly social media
1: okay so social media are you doing like facebook instagram tiktok there's so much out there
2: um i mainly use facebook and i I use instagram um but i've never been on the um tiktok uh or snapchat
1: yeah
2: a a lot of people say i'm missing out but uh, maybe i'm just too old for it now but i i feel like that's where everyone's going um just yet yet to download the app
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, let's talk about Facebook for a little bit. So how is it that you're, you're getting your clients in? Is it like your posts? Are you doing paid advertisement?
2: Um, I found with Facebook that since it's so diluted with um, advertisement, you can pay really good money and you don't get the benefit of um, clients. Uh, So I'd personally say, unless if you were investing thousands and thousands, I wouldn't waste your money. Um, The best advertisement is word of mouth you know it's um one good review will get you another client and another client it's uh so please always ensure that your clients leaving you good feedback or you're posting loads of photos about your clients um only if they're comfortable with that but um just just always even if you do a class and two people turn up share that these two people have turned up make it sound like it's been the best class ever don't be embarrassed to share that only two people have turned up. but no, just, just, just share with the world the good things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So would you say that like, um, with everything that you've been doing, like with word of mouth, and I'm assuming like referrals are coming in after that?
2: Uh, yeah, so I got a few referrals from the uh, gym. So a lot of recovery okay. from in- injuries. Um, and then other referrals are just friends of friends or uh, people that have passed on my details through previous clients. Mm -hmm. uh so again it's just word of mouth
1: yeah so let's say that i decide to come visit you at the um studio that you're at like what Mm -hmm. would my experience be as a potential client and why would i like what would you do to make me want to invest into you long term
2: um obviously every trainer should have some sort of portfolio so you can see the portfolio, the results we've um, achieved. Um, and, and again, with the reviews, if you read the reviews, I'd like to say that most of them are honest and uh, there's a lot of good feeling about the reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully it'll give you the confidence to, to come and train with myself.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Test- testimonials always pack a, a powerful punch because people want to know that you can indeed help them. hmm yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about some challenges and struggles that you have overcame in the past and then anything you might be currently going through right now. Because we briefly spoke about COVID when we were off air.
2: Yeah, COVID. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, I feel sorry for absolutely everybody. You know, every business suffered in some sort of way. Some, yeah. business, uh, some businesses benefited from COVID. Yeah. Um, and other businesses just crumbled. Um, my business was one of them that crumbled, um, especially due to being such a small business. Um, when I first started, it was all community centres, and for example, on a Monday night, I could I could do classes of up to eighty people. Um, not not in one sitting. Sorry, like it, it, oh, okay. one <laughs> one class after the other, one class after So within two hours, I could do eighty people. Yeah. Um, and it was just incredible. And that's what made me quit my not amazingly paid job, but a comfortable job. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I had a full roster of, of schools and clients and everything was going so well. And then COVID hit. Um, and overnight I lost everything. You know, uh, all my schools cancelled, uh, all my people weren't allowed out. Uh, so COVID really hit hard, really yeah. hit hard.
1: So, tell us about how you overcame that.
2: Um, I was just... um, Arrogance the wrong word. Um, Determined, I'd say, because every opportunity that came along, I just jumped on it straight away. Mm -hmm. Um, So, as soon as they... I don't know what your country was like in terms of um, restrictions, but we had three separate lockdowns, and... Every lockdown, was there was a slight variation. So the first one, after three, four months, we were allowed to work with one-to-one. So that's what we did. I turned my back garden into my gym, basically. And we were just so blessed that we had a heat wave. So as you know, with the UK, it's constantly raining. (laughs) So so we had this magical heat wave, and we were able to train uh, one-to-one. And then after, I think it was, again, another two months, we were allowed to work one to six. So again, we started doing classes outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, lockdown two happened and we were back to square one. But uh, like I said, every every opportunity that came, you just have to just keep doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. man. I, I didn't know y'all had like three lockdowns. We had one very long lockdown. I think it may have been different in some other states, but that's three lockdowns is a lot um so how are things going for you now now that we're post pandemic
2: um great great really good um so gradually after lockdown i i I recovered um i got a lot of new clients um some absolutely incredible clients um and without them i can honestly say without them um i wouldn't i wouldn't keep going uh, and I, I always tell them thank you, uh, especially thank you for supporting smaller local gyms, personal trainers, you know, uh, instead of, you know, you should su- support the bigger gyms as well. But uh, it's always good to support the smaller businesses.
1: Yeah, that's facts. So let's talk about um, long term, big picture stuff. Where do you see yourself in the next? Let's just go like kind of short term in the next year. Where do you want your business to be? Where do you see yourself?
2: Uh, so I've got, um, I've been working on a, another nutritional qualification, uh, like a quite a in-depth sports nutrition program. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be good to go into the more n- nutrition side. So it opens up a whole catalog of new cl- clients, whether that's through the, the hospital or um, people that have been refer- referred to me via the, the doctors. Mm-hmm um so it's not just gym based stuff that i want to go into it's um a- a- again uh, just just you don't know what's around the corner <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, that's, uh,
2: that's but, but no but no it's um it's i i love the running coaching side i love the gym size and obviously um i love the nutrition side so anything really just keep going strong
1: for sure man so This is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode, but before we sign out, where can we find you?
2: So like I said, if you search caps fitness via uh, Facebook or Instagram, I'm on there Um, or www.capsfitness.co.uk and you should be able to find everything on there.
1: All righty. Well, thank you so much. You know, we really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and really looking forward to seeing what you're going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords. out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
3: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Boards Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah. Joining us on the show is Kristen Anderson from Creative Pilates in Chelsea and Williamsburg, New York. Welcome to the podcast. Kristen, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Um, But before we jump into everything, first, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the studio in the first place?
4: Um... Well, I've been doing Pilates on and off for years and, uh, basically I wanted to move back to New York city cause I had moved to Miami beach for a few years. And, um, I don't know. It was like just the timing. I found, met this guy in a plane. He had a space in Chelsea, the pricing, right. And, uh, I had the equipment cause I, uh, a studio I'd worked for closed down. So I had bought some equipment. So I shipped the equipment up to New York city and, uh, that's how I
3: started when I moved back to New York City. That's so interesting. Wait, go back. You met a guy on a plane who had like real estate or space. Yeah, talk- and
4: long story short, I was supposed to open up in Mexico City. It's a really long story, and that would like take up your whole podcast. But um, I was bartending for years uh, like in the W South Beach, different places in New York when I lived in New York and then I was going to open up a studio in Mexico city. It's a very long story, but I was on a flight back to, I was started, I decided I want to move back to New York. So I was doing three days in Miami, four days in New York or four days in New York, three days in Miami. And I was basically living between my apartment in New York and my condo in Miami beach, seeing clients in both markets, trying and then bartending on the side when I was home in Miami. So on one of my flights to New York, I met a guy and in this space and I signed the lease like
3: two weeks later. That's so cool. I love that. Very spontaneous. <laughs> Final
4: decision to like move back full time.
3: That's awesome. Okay. So wait, are you
4: from New York or are you from No, I'm from Florida. Okay, Just
3: gotcha. For the shadiest people. <laughs> so why New York then?
4: Um, I don't know. Florida's like groundhogs day.
3: Yes, I feel that. I love New York City. I want to move there, but it's so expensive. (laughs) Um, But tell me about um, Creative Core. Like, What's your elevator pitch for the studio? How do you describe it and the services that you offer?
4: So we're we're supercharged Pilates in the sense that um, it's a personalized approach to evolve Pilates training. So we basically offer semi-private and private classes and some small group classes in our Williamsburg location that focuses on a personalized approach to group training so every client who comes in the semi-private classes which is the majority of our schedule has to take a private first that privates to uh level the client their fitness level mark any injuries and like show them how we use the equipment because we use the equipment creatively hence the name creative core and um you know and just it's just their segue into classes. And then when they start classes, we're able to scale the class for the client's needs in a group setting.
3: Gotcha, okay, how many people are in each each group class? So
4: in the semi-private classes, uh, it's four students max. And the small group classes are five to eight. You don't have to take a private to attend small group. You do have
3: to take a private for semi-private class. Gotcha, okay, that makes sense. And then between both locations, um, how many like classes per day would you say you're running?
4: So Chelsea is two in the morning, one at night, which we're about to up to two and two or three and two. Some days have three in the morning, uh, one at night, no class Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, and only two on the weekends. Very small studio, not a ton of class offerings. Um, Williamsburg has three in the morning, two at night, and then two on the weekends, and we're going to add more shortly too. We're just just like the studios of like evolving
3: as the schedule's evolving as we do. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So how have you been growing this far? Like what do you do to get members in the door?
4: Well, I would say most of our members are word of mouth, but um, I don't have any signage. Both my locations are basically office suites within buildings. Mm-hmm. So there's outside, there's no, you know, signage, there's no um, visibility from the street whatsoever. So um, I also bought two of those sandwich board signs and I'm not going to lie. I pulled in a lot of clients from those sandwich boards. Really?
3: That's interesting.
4: I, walked, I swear to God, I guess it's because we don't have any visibility from the outside. So people aren't going to walk yeah. by us, but let me tell you, I mean, I'm like, how did you find out about us? So, oh, I saw that sign on the street, and I'm like, geez, I'm like, and I literally just put these things up a couple months ago. So I'm thinking I've lost thousands of dollars in sales because of my lack of sandwich boards. What I've do lost- you or like five more and just stick them all around the city?
3: What do you write for- on What do you write on the sandwich
4: board? Well, we do one of those QR codes for the website. And then uh, it says uh, semi private, private, and small group Pilates. And it says
3: hard as fuck Pilates. I love um, that. <laughs> That's definitely eye catching for sure. So, have you put any money besides like buying sandwich boards into advertising or has it all been organic this far? It's
4: been like 250 a month on Google ads. And once in a while, I'll like run an Instagram ad. I mm-hmm. am running Black Friday, but we, we did a lot of sales for Black Friday um for us you know, we're so small so sales to like someone else be like not a lot but I definitely didn't get into this business model to make money because I knew that it
3: just was never going to make that much money <laughs> there is money in owning a plotty studio for sure um okay so the Google ads do you see a return on that or what kind of feedback yeah I
4: mean, I mean, it's the Google ads are worth it. Now we're, we're like kind of going to start working on some SEO marketing, but the Google ads do pay for themselves for sure. And, um, we have a pretty high client retention. So if we pick up three, you know, two to three clients a month from Google ads, like, and they stay, they, they pay for themselves.
3: Totally. So you would say like two to three per month come in from, from those Google ads.
4: It depends some months more, it depends on the time of year,
3: you know. Um, everybody falls
4: back into fitness in in the Northeast, like right in September. Literally, they like fall into fitness. Um, and then same thing, New Year's. So like Google Ads will definitely be like more productive. And I pay per click. So I see my, you know, my the pricing goes up. Like I think like last New Year's it was like $450 because we had a lot more clicks, but we did a lot more new client offers. So it tends to be like synonymous.
3: Yeah. What is what's on the ad that they're clicking? Is it like a call to action to like a website or a yeah, message for like, are one private two weeks of unlimited
4: classes for 149? Gotcha.
3: Okay, awesome. Um okay, so going forward, um, are you looking to grow? Is it your goal to get more members in the door? Is it your goal oh, to, yeah. I like to have
4: private classes all day long? I mean, we have a separate private room, so we don't we can do a private the same time as semi-private classes. Um, so I would like to have those, I mean, you know, privates, you make money on privates, but the real money in this business is off classes because your instructors, you know, have a private rate and they might have a class rate. Their class rate might be a little higher, especially if you're paying them on a sliding scale, which I do, but if you have a full class and you know, they're paying X amount of dollars, even if it's for students, you're going to net a lot more money than on one private. So no. optimally you'd want to have your class is full all day long and offer classes like this. The problem is in New York, the instructors are so damn expensive. You know, it's like they make money. You know,
3: my instructors all make more money than I do. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what would you say is like the biggest bottleneck right now then from that's keeping your classes from being full and from your day being a full schedule? Would you say it's like weeds? Leaves- well,
4: when I got into this, I thought everybody was going to want a small format class of four students max with all this extra attention for competitive pricing. Like if you look at our ten pack or ten packs, four hundred dollars, whereas like the No far Method, who has a great method, but she has I think ten or twelve people in a in a like an apparatus class. Hers I think is three sixty. So for four dollars more per class, you get a whole bunch of extra attention. Like I'm mm-hmm. talking we will have four people in class on four different spring loads and we will modify for a pregnant woman or for like, they will be doing, you know, it's not like they're doing their own class, but everything is super, super personalized, which I've taken classes all around the city. And I've never gotten the personal attention that I offer in my studio. Cause it's just so tiny. It's like, you know, the instructors can actually really own in on every single client And what we found is, and what we're finding more and more through like analyzing our clientele and who's coming in and who's interested in the offers is like that it's only a certain age group, certain age groups are going to be interested in this at a certain, younger than that age, they don't see the interest at all. And, uh, you know, some people actually want to get lost in a big class. They don't want the extra attention or the adjustments, you know, they'd rather just go to a class and be in a sea of people than actually like be called out by name. It's like embarrassing to them almost. Right. You know?
3: Yeah. So what do you think, what's been like the most popular at your studio then people prefer like the smaller groups?
4: Well, one thing I'll say about my client base is they're loyal as fuck. So like, as soon as I get them Mm -hmm. and they love what they love it and they love the extra attention. I've even had clients say, yeah, you know, just to try it out i tried that studio down the street but it's nothing like what we have at creative core like the attention we get is like unparalleled to anything else so you know at the end of the day they still come back it's just getting people in the door you know and one of the biggest thing is the private prerequisite um is really hard for a lot of people to get over we tried doing an intro class but my chair system that i use and how i use the chair is pretty complicated and it's really hard and also very dangerous for new users. So the intro class was like an epic fail. It was like, we couldn't give everybody attention the way they needed it to get them through the chair. And everybody who takes the private and does the chair in the private understands why we do it. But we also found when we were doing market research that, so my marketing girl, she's 26. So most of her friends are in their early 20s to mid 20s. And she's trying to get all her friends to come in to where she teaches. And she's like, guys, you have to take your private first though, because it's like a non-negotiable for me before semi-private class. They're all the same thing. They're like, why do I have to take private? I don't want to do that. Hmm. Even though we have one private in two weeks, unlimited classes for $149 in New York city. That's like so inexpensive, or you can do one private and one semi-private for $89. That's such a good deal. But to them, they can't wrap their head around why it's a necessity. They don't understand why me leveling them or leveling their fitness level or like working injuries or is. So our target clientele has, we figured out it's 28 and above.
3: Gotcha. Because they're the people that want the private attention and want the guidance before they jump into something. Exactly. Maybe they can afford it too.
4: Mm -hmm. Like who as someone who's 23, you know, they look at my class package. So down the street, they can take classes at NOFAR and then get a 10 pack for $360. And they don't want to, they don't understand that what that extra $40, the difference it might make for their bodies. You know, they're more about, I don't want to, you know, it. No bar has a great quality product. It's just a different product than what I offer. She's offering large group. It's more about everybody. We're about you, 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 you. And I don't think sometimes you appreciate personalized service until you get older. It's like it's like flying Spirit as a fly as opposed to going to Delta. Yeah,
3: for sure. You want
4: the extra like space? Is is that the extra money? You know, like you you get to a certain age where it's like you want to live with a roommate or you don't. Does that make any sense?
5: Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Especially sure. if you have a roommate, it might make a lot of sense.
3: <laughs> I did live with a roommate and now I live by myself. So you're speaking right to me. I love living by myself. So I would pay the extra to have the small group too. I'm in that demographic as well. Um <laughs> I was like, you know, I ask. Um okay, so growth wise you're once you get people in the door they stay they sign up have you tried doing that intro class as like a free class so everyone has to do it like you have to have that consultation free class we talk about
4: doing you mean the private yeah you yeah. Talk about changing the verbiage to right. um to two weeks unlimited with a free private for 149 I don't know. People didn't really respond to it. And then if we just did two classes, inclusive of free, like free private for eating, and then it just sounds too expensive. So it's, um, I don't know, we're, we're still working on that. We're working on some stuff right now. Our biggest thing is, you know, like finding now that we know what our target clientele is, we're really trying to like reach out to like, Like maybe moms in Brooklyn, Brooklyn moms and like Mm -hmm. people or certain like you know a lot of our clients tend to work in fashion. Interesting. I don't know if it's because the area we're in in New York City and Chelsea, like everybody works in fashion. Um in Brooklyn, but it's so funny. The different New York is such a crazy place. Like the clientele is like night and day from Chelsea to to Brooklyn. Like just completely different.
3: That's, yeah, that's interesting how the neighborhoods are all so different. And so, you know, marketing to them, we'll have to take on like a unique, a unique marketing style for each different neighborhood. That's interesting. Yeah. How are you going to, how are, are you planning to target to like the two different locations? Like, how are you going to bring those um, m- we down,
4: down to influencers? Okay um who have like a demographic um we're changing like the website we're changing the look of our website we're putting within our website why we do certain things like before like now there's a page dedicated like the website needs to be completely redone for sure but um there is actually a page like why do you need the private and we have a link to a full explanation why explaining it to people we used to like try to write this small paragraph about it at the top, but I still I don't think people got it. Now we have like a full page dedicated to why this private is so important. Um, we're also using, we're lately using ClassPass. Uh, Chelsea location is very small. Um, it doesn't have any springboard classes, which are each students max. It only has uh, the small group up to five students for the small group classes, which we only offer, I think, five a week. We put those on ClassPass, and if they they take interest in the rest of the studio, I'm like oh, what's this stuff? Because they don't get to use the chair system, they don't get to use the other stuff. They only get to use the reformers. When they start asking questions, and we're like, oh, if you want to try it out, you have to buy direct. We have a limited schedule on ClassPass, so we use ClassPass as a marketing tool. We're doing the same thing in Williamsburg, but with the springboard classes. So we only offer the springboard classes on ClassPass, and they start asking about the other equipment, and then we sell them like a new client special and we have um, surprisingly, we we've, we've uh, what's the word? Um, not adapted, but we changed over a couple class passers.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah, like acquired
4: got them Yeah, got Yeah,
3: okay, them gotcha.
4: What but pers- it's also been within our target clientele? All the people that we've switched mm-hmm. over.
3: Okay, that's interesting. That's good that you're, like, recognizing, though, like, who's interested. That'll make it, like, easier to market. Like, if you wanted to get into paid advertising, you kind of already know, like, your demographic to target. Right. So, yeah, right. that's awesome. Um, tell me about, like, your social media presence. Do you use that at all for advertising?
4: Yeah, we do. Um, do Instagram ads here and there. I haven't done one recently. Um, mainly our social media is, like, we do creative workouts, And then we do inspirational quotes and different things like that. Um, But yeah, people like to, a lot of what I've noticed is the more I post in my stories, the more my clients book. Mm -hmm. So if I'm actively, like today we had a really creative morning class. And I know as soon as I put that up, someone's going to, I'm going to get a couple bookings for the night time. They're like, oh, can we try that out in class? People see the moves and they want to do them. And that's what we're known for. We don't teach classical Pilates classes. It's called Creative Core for a reason. Like we're fusing all sorts of different fitness. So it's like no class will ever be the same. And we have tons of equipment to keep it fresh. So it's like every class is going to be like some new creative move that they've never done before. We do challenges. Um, we'll do like move of the week sometimes or we'll do something like a level four exercise. And... Uh, from
3: there, yeah, that sounds super fun. I want to come try it. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's, it's like it is fun. We we have a. It's literally our Instagram says fun, hard as fuck, fun Pilates. <laughs> I, love that.
3: I love that. That's good branding right there.
4: <laughs> well, it's very community too. Everybody yeah. knows each other. or students, yeah. so it's like a new student comes in, we introduce them to everybody. Like they all hang out together outside of class, you know, it's like fun. We talk about our dating lives or lack of dating.
3: I love that. Okay. So as the, as the business grows, um, what role do you want to take on as the owner? Do you see yourself always, you know, training clients? Do you see yourself taking like a step back from the day to day? As
4: little as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I would like to, I am like so tired from the past few years, um, from the pandemic, like I feel like since I've opened this business because I opened ten months before the pandemic, it's been like a nonstop hustle. You know, like I've never, I've never had a breather. Tontito, shut up! This is one of my biggest marketing tools right here. With my dog becomes every class. Um, I just never had a breather. So like I just like literally just want to get the business. The point I'd like to open more locations. Um, And I want to get the business to the point where it's just like I can hire management or give like a a lead instructor a management fee per month for like looking over the schedule, doing certain things, blah, blah, blah. And I just want to start stepping back and maybe making some money. But unfortunately, it just hasn't happened yet.
3: (laughs) No, I totally feel you. I started managing a studio in February of 2020. And it has not been easy. It's been like a constant kind of almost like a hamster wheel like people are into fitness and they want to come in no one's coming in everyone's coming in it's yeah it's been an interesting time for the fitness industry for sure. So I totally feel you on that um being an entrepreneur it can be um like you're on a hamster wheel all the time so I totally understand that awesome.
4: and you know it's like when people start going back to work in September like in New York City that's when they really start mandating we saw a huge drop in class attendance when it's usually our busiest month of the year. It went up slightly for like week one and then it was like crash. And then it wasn't until like first week, second week of October, people started trickling in again because I think people were just exhausted because they were literally for the first time in a couple of years, having a full work schedule in person. You know, they weren't just rolling out of bed, making their coffee. They had to like commute to work. And it's like, Even in New York, it's like you might be taking two trains and like walking 10 blocks, you know, because you're not driving your car and like your cushy little like whatever environment. So it's just been a weird, weird roller coaster. Like one month we're up, one month we're down and people are just not as, I have really loyal clients, but I do think there's like a flakiness is on an all time high in general. You know what they call it, the cancel culture, Yeah, (laughs) you know? cancel yeah. it for their classes all the time people just I, I mean like I can't bring myself to lose a $40 class like like I'm too cheap <laughs> I don't even know but people cancel classes like it's their job
3: yeah I, that's crazy we're definitely in a weird time but I'm, I'm hopeful that it's gonna like level out and start to like get back to a place where people are prioritizing health and fitness and themselves and making the time to get into studios like yours so yeah, totally, for sure. Um, okay, so before we close out the episode, um, can you tell the listeners something that you wish you would have known before you opened your own studio? What would be your biggest piece of advice to someone that is looking to open their own, own fitness studio? Oh my gosh.
4: <laughs> um, I wish, I, it's going to sound stupid. Oh. Um, get a good accountant. Yeah. Okay. Because there's so many things that when you open your business that people just don't tell you about, like I thought, cause I'm an idiot or maybe I'm not, I don't know that sales tax was going to be rolled into my state taxes or something. Like I didn't realize that I was going to have to make a separate payment. I didn't pay sales tax for almost two years. Like <laughs> like that sounds so dumb, but can you believe that I was filing with an accountant that didn't once ask me, Hey, How's your business doing? How's the sale? Like, have you paid your sales tax? Have you filed? No one brought this up to me. They just like assumed like, and no one gives you this like checklist of what to do. Or like, they don't tell you that you can't just look at overhead as your rent. You have to also like think about, how many water bottles like you have to sell opposed to this or like are you going to be offering towels like what's the laundry going to cost for the towels that you're going to offer like there's so many different things that you have to factor in so what you think you're actually going to make at the end of the month is like never happens you know like I thought this month that I was like yes I'm probably going to get to pay myself a decent paycheck this month and like at the end of the month I was like oh shit um the two clocks broke and I have to order two more clocks. And then like five other things came up for the business. Like it's always something. So it's yeah. like factor what you think you're going to make. And then I would say take 30% off that. And then another 30% off of the taxes you're going to pay off that. And that's actually what you're probably going to end up with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have a really good accountant. And also um, your staff is everything. Pay them well. Um treat them well, but also make sure they understand that you're their boss because we tend to get very friendly with this business. Like it's a very personal business, kind of like your hairdresser is. And like, you know, um, so not just with staff, but with clients, it's like, it's very hard not to break boundaries, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely, I'm so friendly with my clients, but I think sometimes maybe I'm too friendly because they, you know, try to late cancel on me or they take advantage of certain situations and it's like creating certain boundaries and being like pretty tough about that. You know, absolutely,
3: it's a lot of of stuff, but (laughs) I I agree with all of it. Setting boundaries, like right off the get-go is so important. I remember when I first started like managing, everyone had my cell phone number and people were texting me at nine o'clock. Can I reschedule tomorrow's 8am? And I would be like, I would respond. So they kind of like, they'll do what you allow. So definitely like set those boundaries, those clear things at the beginning. Like when you're off the clock, you're not texting clients. You're not texting, you know, yeah. right. So yeah, I totally agree there. Um, clear boundaries from the get-go is important. Totally.
4: Clear boundaries and a good account. That yeah. like really walks you through every nuance of a business, not just like the stuff you think. Like, cause honestly, the assumptions we make when we open businesses Unless, unless you went to business school or like, I don't know, I did it, you know, I right. mentioned it, but what do I know about running a business? Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think a lot of us get into, especially entrepreneurship with a passion for what we're doing and not so much like a business acumen background. So it can definitely be like kind of a shock um, when you get into owning a business that it's not all your passion all day. It's a lot of other things. It's marketing, it's books, it's management. Yeah totally agree. Be
4: smart with third-party bookings we probably don't have time to go into that but if you wanted to do another i could talk all day about that
3: um yes wait third-party bookings is in like like class pass
4: yes be smart with third-party bookings um don't you know look at them how they're going to affect your so i think one of the biggest issues we have in fitness um i find that when i talk to other fitness owners is we look too much about the short term and not about the long term mm-hmm. so uh, you want clients to book direct and create client loyalty, third-party bookings don't do that. So, and third-party bookings are always going to pay you less than your clients who book direct. And the more you offer with third-party bookings, the less direct bookings you're going to have because people are going to go to where the discount is. Nobody wants to be the person in class who's paying twice the amount as the person next to them.
3: Yeah, totally.
4: So it's like, Think about how to use third party bookings, even if you're talking about Groupon or any of that stuff, like effectively and more as marketing tools than as something that's going to like own you because if you pay your bills without them, you know, that's a problem in itself. That means you don't have like as loyal as a client base because loyal clients will book direct, you know, they're going to book with you and want to stay with you. And they're going to make you two to three times the amount of money you know? And so those are your long-term clients and that's your long run. Money up front is great. Money long-term is where your business stays. And yes. that's, that's, that's my business plan. That's why I, like, I always say, like, I know I'm taking a lot of hits in my early years, but my whole business is paid off. All my clients, 90% of my clients book direct, um, which is only and its growing So I, that's why I say, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though I'm not really making any money right now, I'm still in the first couple of years, my equipment's paid off at least, you know, um, and I'm, I'm relying on direct bookings and not third party bookings. So I know that it's just going to grow and grow and grow. And I can always use that as extra padding, use it as padding. Don't use it as your foundation.
3: Definitely. Yeah. I love that. I think you're definitely on the right track. And as it grows, you're just going to build that member base more and more. Um, and I totally agree like use those third-party bookings as more of like a marketing tool not like your fallback for how you get you know a loyal loyal base so totally agree there Um, but Kristen I think this is a good place to start to wrap things up but before we go tell us where can we find you what's your website what's your social media all that good stuff Uh,
4: creative core NYC across the board
3: website social
4: media creative core nyc um if you're ever in new york you want to come take a class shoot me a message i know i have that private prereq but we'll figure it out
3: yes (laughs) i love that i will be there taking a class as soon as i can get back to new york because i love new york but
4: (laughs) it is a a place it is the place to be and oh you got to come say hi you might have heard him barking in the background there's no video but lottie's dog is the best market get a dog for your
3: studio best marketing tool ever Agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cute. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for your contribution to the podcast today. Can't wait to see everything that you do down the road. Um, to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description fill it out and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
4: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
5: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show, our guest today is Darius Youngblood of Built Different Fitness Club coming to us from Clinton. Mississippi. Darius, what's going on, man? How, are hey, how you doing, Joe? How you doing? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you asking. I am excited to, to dive into this. In the grand scheme of things, this is a pretty new business, and so I'm excited to, to pull your perspective on this, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Before we get into the business side of things here, Darius, give us some context. Built different what is this gym? What is this business? How do you describe what you do?
6: Um, so we do a good mixture of, basically it's cross training. So we do a lot of uh, Olympic lifts, but we also do your traditional bodybuilding movements as well too. Uh, when the weather's good, we get outside do a little bit of running. So we do, we do a little bit of everything, but uh, we're under a good structure though.
5: Yeah. And so we're pulling from different aspects of fitness. We're doing a lot of different movements. Take us back. I, I sort of alluded to it already, but take us to how this whole thing got started, Darius. I, I find that these are typically interesting stories. Bring me back not to not to the day that the doors opened on Built Different. Take me to the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up my own gym. What was going on for you and, and how did we get here?
6: Uh, I think it was kind of one of those things that I just... I kind of fell into the right career path. Um, I gra- Once I graduated college, I thought I wanted to do uh, athletic directing. So I went back and got my master's. And while I was working on my master's, I started working at a local gym. And um, I was training at the gym, training at the gym. And then I ended up becoming a trainer. And after about three or four years of training there, by year two, I kind of got the idea after um, teaching a few boot camp classes. And they did pretty well. I was like, you know what? I think I... I think I kind of like this and then um, started getting more one-on-one clients and I I found myself enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would and then one, <laughs> yeah. thing, one thing led to another and I was like you know I could kind of see myself doing this um, and uh, everything so yeah
5: and so not quite uh, dreams and ambitions when we were a little boy growing up of opening up a gym one day
6: but uh, nah, my one step alike. at a time and we found our way here right yeah, my buddy's a laugh at you if you uh, told him I would have been a trainer back in the day. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and so, I mean, regardless, something brought you here and, and we have a business, we're still here. It's been uh, not a tremendous amount of time, but a significant amount of time enough for you to to learn a thing or two along the way. So far at least areas, what's been your favorite part about owning this business and what's been the toughest part about owning this business?
6: Uh, my favorite part, I think is like, like seeing a client come in one way and then over time kind of see their confidence build. And then a year later, they're like a completely different person. And like when a new client comes in, it's like, they're basically kind of teaching them the ropes or giving them type of motive, the same type of motivation that I was, um, spilling on them, they're spilling off to others. And it kind of just, I don't know, I, I really just like the community aspect build of it of kind of seeing people come in one way, grow. And then help others grow the same way as well, too. And, and I think
5: most gym owners that I talk to, that's, that's a lot of our favorite parts of this, right? There's the noble intentions of genuinely wanting to help yeah. people that isn't necessarily present in other industries. So it makes sense why we found ourselves in fitness. But flip that around for me now. What's been the toughest part of this?
6: Uh, the toughest. I would say in the beginning, <laughs> I think in the beginning, I, I was one of those people that thought like, okay, all right, when, as soon as I open the doors up, people going to come flying in here. Once I tell them I have a new gym, nah, it, it wasn't nothing like that. It was, more, <laughs> it was more of like a gradual process, like a person uh-huh. here, this person tells the next person, and it kind of grows to three, then three grows to six. Yeah. And then coming in coming in year two is, looking back on it, I'm, I'm kind of now where I thought I would be day one in a sense thing uh, yeah it's been slower business. than
5: you thought okay and so yeah. well, it sounds like right. it it sounds like a lot of this has gone word of mouth or a referral route have you guys so far at least have you in, entertained the idea of doing any kind of marketing to to accelerate this a little bit more or
6: do you um I've been uh i been kind of dip, well not really with that but I've been kind of researching a little bit more on like Facebook ads or ads and things on Instagram. I'm not too knowledgeable about it but um I'm doing a little bit a little bit more research on it. Okay, so looking into it and and so for context
5: for everybody listening like we said this has been a little more than a year <laughs> in business so far. This is still ever evolving and and we're getting there looking into fit or into facebook excuse me i think social media is probably the way to go i mean Mm. social media and fitness are hand in hand in 2022 yeah you know what i mean people find everything on social media but especially when it comes to a gym or a trainer they're gonna check out your facebook page they're gonna check out instagram they're gonna see a website if it exists they're gonna know everything there is to know before they ever step foot in the facility or even reach out and so I think it makes sense for you to be participating on this. Tell me a little bit about once somebody finds you, wherever it's from, whether it's social media or a referral or whatever it is, what do you do to walk them through that sales process to eventually get them to sign up? What is that, that conversation like? What do you guys talk about and what do they actually sign up for?
6: Yeah, so um, when someone comes to me and uh, let me know that they're that they're um, looking for a trainer or want to train, um, I try to get a phone conversation with them. Or if they're local, I try to meet face-to-face. And from there, we just kind of discuss goals. Um, if it is face-to-face, we kind of tour the facility. Um, if they do have the time, I do give them the option to either come in and watch a class or if they actually want to come in and actually try it out before they actually invest into it, then I give them that option as well. So um mainly just giving them a conversation figuring out their goals and um if they're kind of ready to hit it running I give them a free session to kind of see how it is to see the flow of things and then if they like Mm -hmm. it from there we uh keep the relationship going and get them as a member
5: got it okay so we get we get the client or at this point the prospect in for a conversation and figure out what they're actually looking for. If it makes sense, get them into a free trial, and then beyond that, Darius, what are they actually signing up for? Is this like a monthly membership thing? Is this a number of classes package type deal? Tell us about that.
6: Yeah, so we uh, we have a one time payment at the beginning of the month, and it's for the entire month. With that, you can come up to a certain amount of times a week, and also. It allows you to come to our Saturday morning boot camp class for free as well. And 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 that's um just a little, little extra thing to kind of um change the pace a little bit and uh get them a good Saturday morning sweat before they kinda get that weekend going.
5: Yeah. How do you feel about sales in general? Sometimes sales in our industry gets this kind of weird vibe, bad rap for being a little bit too pushy or, or gimmicky. What's your perspective on that?
6: Uh, I, don't, I'm, I don't know. I'm getting a little bit better at it because I'm <laughs> to the point to it like now. Um, my clients, they do essentially pay the bills in a sense like this. So we can't be as lax today, when it comes to payments and things at the top of the month yeah. um I guess from our side we we think it we we could think that we're being like buttholes or hard on people kind of you know asking for payments and things like that but you know you are giving them a service so um in return you know the payment will be viable so I'm kind of yeah. getting out of that gray area I think it,
5: yeah I think it's something that we just have to force ourselves into being okay with and most fitness people that I talk to especially if they come from a training background are, are a little bit uncomfortable with it but the way that i see things at least is that it's a skill right mm-hmm. the more we practice it the better we'll get at it and the more comfortable we'll be we said it a couple of times darius but i think this is important just as as useful to get new clients in is it to keep our members long term for you what do you focus on to make sure that these people are sticking
6: around for the long haul Um, relationships, like how we deal with one another on a day-to-day basis. Um, one thing uh, that I kind of wanted to do when I started the gym is kind of like take complete strangers and bring them together and build a community through fitness. And through that, like I have, um, a lot of my, a lot of my clients, like they, they hang out, we hang out outside of the gym and things like that, have cookouts at other people's houses. We go bowling, we go, we go skating and different things like that. So just kind of showing them that, um, that I do care besides just fitness. Like, you know what I'm saying? That I do care outside of fitness. Like, we actually have, you know, serious conversations just about life or just what's going on in that day-to-day basis. So kind of just, I don't know, kind of just showing them that I care versus just getting them in for a session and kind of getting them out every single day in a sense
5: yeah it's it's bigger than just sets and
6: reps right the time outside of the
5: gym is is just as important as the time inside of the gym i mean this is a year in business darius and so it's probably tough to to forecast or vision what we want for the big picture here but start at least in the short term Mm -hmm. a year from now what's your goal for this? Now that we have some context of what it's like to own a business like this, where do you think you want to be another 12 months in?
6: Um, another 12 months in? Um, so now we're in the process of getting more getting more equipment, getting more flooring. So i um, expanding the dumbbells, getting more um, barbells, plates and things like that. So by this time next year, the goal is to kind of be within a sense self-sufficient as far as having a program in or where my clients can kind of put cards on file, have a membership, like true memberships and things like that. So it can kind of grow from a business to more of like a brand. So more with okay. um, more with apparel, um, opening up a small Shake Shack inside the gym and things like that. So slowly growing the business into like a full, full one-stop shop or full, full brand within itself.
5: I got you, okay. I would imagine that that takes the form of having to to hire others at some point. Is that correct? Yes, what do you think that that i get oh, let me let me ask the question this way. At what point do you think it makes sense to do something like that? I think I've seen all kinds of examples of of gym owners who are really doing everything, right? You opened this, you're the CEO, you're the head coach, you are the director of marketing, you are the head janitor, all of the things fall to you. Right. When do you think it makes sense to bring somebody else into this?
6: Um, It's kind of of a tricky question. Uh, I would say once it starts to get a little bit overwhelming for me as far as planning and making sure that i got everything situated then i think that would be like the the best situation as far as bringing on an assistant or bringing on an extra coach to help out with classes and things like that but um it's not not as far off as a not as far off as i I would think so probably a lot a lot closer than i would think
5: sooner than we would imagine okay right right and so let's let's go in that hypothetical here we we add on these other services, the, the business is a little bit more formalized and professional classes are getting full. Mm-hmm. What happens then? What do we, where do we go from
6: there? Uh, so my end goal for the gym is to be like a um, kind of like a self-sufficient running gym. So once I get all of the equipment and things like that, so where the times we don't have small group training, people can kind of come in on a month-to-month membership and train on their own during open gym times. Um, I will have trainers to kind of come in at certain times. So have like a a work schedule from five to one. Another trainer will probably come in midday and then another trainer will close on the backside. So it can kind of, the gym could kind of run itself from top to bottom.
5: Yeah. Have you thought about multiple locations or is that even a dream of ours or is that too far out to even envision right now?
6: I oh, know that's that's always been the end goal. So, the, um, I, I'm gonna keep the one here in Clinton for sure, for sure. Since that's the first one's gonna be the home, and then mm-hmm. um, I got a lot of a lot of buddies of mine who's business minded, who enjoys working out. So I would uh, love to kind of do some business ventures with them out there in their cities and things like that. So it's yeah. definitely it's definitely in the long run for the uh, end it's, goal for sure.
5: It's a it's a conversation that's a fun one to explore at least there's so many more moving parts the more we multiply this but uh, a conversation that we'll have to save for another day and then we can invite you back on once that becomes a little bit closer to reality Darius I want to I want to have you kind of look back on your time as a gym owner so far and and it's fresh so this is I think the the best question that I can ask of you right now if you were to start over or if you were able to hop in a time machine and knowing what you know now would you have done anything different or or I guess what would you have done different
6: Uh, I don't think I would I think I think I would kind of like well and I'm not saying that the process was perfect like I had a lot of a lot of bumps and bruises and things like that but I think this kind of kind of what got me to the situation that I'm in now and like the, Mm -hmm. the expert, not expertise, just the different knowledge that I did. Now I feel like if I kind of, I don't know, I just really feel like this process kind of put me in a really good position to where I am now. And like the stuff that I know now will kind of help me moving forward in a sense like that. So I don't think I would, I don't think I would change too much. Can't argue with that. And so to ask
5: the question a little bit differently, if somebody was getting into a business similar to this if you were providing advice to that person day one what do you think
6: would be the best thing for them to hear um uh well in a sense don't feel like you have to all will have, have it all figured out in the beginning because i'm just entering year two and i'm still in the sense you know figuring it (laughs) out we're all still figuring it out bro (laughs) yeah yeah so trying to figure out what works the best what and and it's all different for different people you know what i'm saying so like just kind of um if you have a plan kind of go with it but the end goal is definitely going to be a lot different than what you thought it would be in the beginning in a sense like that but as long as you keep going eventually you'll get to that and eventually you'll get to that end goal and it and the end goal will be a lot better than what you thought it was in the beginning i hear you that's
5: that's a a perfect answer for that kind of question darius that's a good place for us to to begin to wrap things up but in the short bit of time that we have left why don't you tell our listeners where they could learn a little bit more about built different is there a website is there social media where can people go
6: Yeah, so um, we're very active on our Instagram page and it is Built D-Y-F-C. So at B-U-I-L-T-D-Y-F-C and an underscore. I also post a lot to my Facebook page as well. And it is called Built Different Fitness Club on Facebook as well.
5: That is perfect. Connect with Darius on all of those platforms that you just mentioned. Man, this has been a bunch of fun. I I always enjoy picking the brain of business owners like yourself and, and seeing what makes them tick and what they're still working on even a year plus in. So I can't thank you enough for your willingness to share them. man. I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like you guys still have a lot of cards to be played. So oh, yeah. that's all for today, but I wish you nothing but the best moving
6: forwards. Thank you. Thank you.
5: Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon and as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. 1, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. 2, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com.